This is an explicit podcast. Welcome to Notorious Age of Sigma, an Age of Sigma podcast coming to you from New Zealand. I am your host, Big Sean, and I'm joined by my co-host, Tubbs, where we put the spotlight on the match play community in New Zealand, carrying off local tournaments, lists, and the occasional battle time. Welcome to Notorious Age of Sigma, episode 13. It's me, your co-host, Big Sean. Tonight, I'm joined by my other host, my co-host, my trusty right-hand man. Technically, Alpha Sean at the moment, because he beat me last weekend, but we're playing 1250 points, so who the fuck cares? It's Mr. Tubbs. We may as well ride it in the concrete, bro. Come on. <laughs> yeah, it's, Come on, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah. Now, 1250 points is an unusual points value, but we've got a 1250-point tournament coming up in Wellington in about a week's time, so we thought we'd give that a hoon. Um, just quickly, that's not the topic of the show, but what do you reckon it's twelve fifty points, Sean? I I don't mind it. I think it's alright. It can be quite silly, but they're fun. They're fun quick games which are really um decided in the first couple of rounds. Oh yeah, they're super quick, bro. They take like an hour or so I find. Um Yeah. And like you're punished if you fuck up as well. I find they're really unforgiving. And they're hard to come back from, is what I found. Yeah. But... One mistake you're all over. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Anyway, episode 13, why are we back in your ears, listeners? We are here to talk about Notorious Grand Tournament. You've probably seen me spam Facebook groups and Twitter, and you've probably seen me slide into your DMs hassling for you to pay your registration fee, but we're going to talk about the big mecca, Notorious Grand Tournament. It's an event that me and my friend Tubby here is running in May, and we thought we'd use uh, a podcast, our platform to have a chat about what it is, what to expect, what we hope to achieve, uh, just so we can get the community involved and hopefully have an awesome time come May 25, 26. So, we'll start it off with why are we running Notorious Grand Tournament? Why do we want to do sort of a GT ooh, sort of style event? Um, Tubbs, do you want to quickly take a hit on this while I just catch my breath for a second? Yeah, man, no, no problem. So, um, oh, typically shit. in New Zealand, what we have at the moment is like a, there's like a tournament circuit that goes around and it switches between city to city, which is awesome. But the thing with that is there's never, there's never one big tournament that everyone can rely on being in the same place at the same time of year, year in, year out with the same, the same experience. The, there's a few others that go on, a couple in Auckland, a couple in Hamilton, I think some down in Christchurch, but we wanted to put a lower half North Island, you know, the big Wellington community spin on it and um, really get something everyone can come together and, you know, enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. There's a bunch of club uh, con events, which is sort of what Sean was talking about, where there are conventions where you have maybe like up to a dozen different game systems crowded into a school hall or a or a town hall or something of the sort, um, which is awesome. And it's normally really cheap because the club's fronting up the money for it. Uh, but it also means that player cap is quite restricted uh, because you've got to, you know, compensate for all the other gaming systems. Uh, so you can only get sort of 30 to 40 players possibly. Uh, they're normally in schools because they're quite cheap. Uh, so obviously they don't have like a bar on site. Some of them do go to retirement but uh what are they rsa clubs and so on RSAs, or, yeah 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 retired service um 
association or whatever it's called, uh, which they have like bar and, and food on site. Um, but you're quite, there's not the flexibility to customize it much beyond the players pack in those instances. So you're pretty much at the mercy of the clubs and they're great and we've been grateful for them. But as Sean said, we wanted to make a sort of a standalone event, sort of like how they have, I mean, I know CanCon's not a standalone event in Australia, but I mean, you say CanCon and you think Age of Sigma because it's by far the biggest, uh, or like South Coast GT or Bobo in, in the UK or Adepticon or LVO. Again, I know some of these are cons, but they're like big mecca events that people make a pilgrimage every year to come to. And that's really what we're hoping to achieve with Notorious is to make um, a high quality event for the players and the community that they can sort of look forward to year round, start building hobby projects and going from there. Um, and again, being run by two people who are pretty experienced at running events, pretty experienced at Warhammer, I mean, Tubbs has won just about every event going around at the moment. He's pretty fucking hot. Um, I myself have won one, maybe two events. However, I've been to shitloads of events. I've recently traveled internationally for events. So I've got a good depth. I've, and I've also ran maybe a dozen or co-ran a dozen events or so in the three or four years that I have been going to tournaments. So we're really wanting to make that big standout tournament of the year. Everyone puts on their calendars early and we all make the pilgrimage to Wellington to have, catch up with mates, have a great time, roll some dice, talk some shit and make some stories. Um, so we'll just quickly cover off the pack while we have your attention. So Notorious Grant and Tournament or Notorious GT, just because it's a bit easier. It's the 25th and 26th of May, 2019 in Wellington, uh, brackets Upper Hut, Cozy Club, uh, in Upper Hut, which is just north of Wellington, about 30, 40 Ks north of Wellington, but still considered part of Wellington for some reason. Uh, we're hosting it at the Cozy Club. Upper Hut, which I've been to a couple of times and recently joined up as a member so I can host this event. I've seen the That's venue a so few times. Sweet. Yeah, I was going to say, Sean, we we stopped by a couple of weeks ago to have a look. Did you want to sort of talk about it since you've been once and it was quite new and, and yeah, awesome? Man. Just out of the blue, you, did. you know, you said Cozy Club and Upper Hut, and I was like, uh, yeah, right, like she'll be right. It'd just be you know a pub with maybe a venue room, and that'll be cool. And then we got there and it's like, holy shit, it's a full redone brand new building with this massive bar that runs around and in our own venue room, it's all closed off and there's a stage and there's all these lighting setups and cameras and yeah, it's, it's primo. It's way more than I was expecting. Yeah, it's the issue of trying to find a venue in Wellington is that Wellington's quite a small, compact city. Uh, space comes at a premium and we would, we were really wanting to raise as much funds as we could for the event to reinvest in the event outside of the venue. So, you know, in ways of prize support, player swag, awesome trophies that we've never seen before, that sort of stuff. So that's where we really wanted to put the money. So for that reason, we had to travel outside of Wellington City to Upper Hut. However, the venue is far better than what I expected. The Cozy Club is like a members only sort of bar, um, where normally traditionally sort of senior and elderly people um go to and there's like a, a pokies room a gaming machine and they've got like pool and darts uh but the club itself actually burnt down about 10 years ago i think it was pretty sure some of our upper hut listeners could correct me on this given that it's like their national treasure and they rebuilt the whole place and it's massive uh we've hired the big hall from friday to 
Sunday, so Friday set up and if people want to come play some games. Uh, the hall is huge, a good hit, but probably 150 players, you reckon, Sean? 100 players, easy? What was that, sorry, bro? I how, how many? Had yeah, yeah. combo going on on one side. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just saying how big the hall was, and I reckon it could probably fit easy 100 to 150 players in there. Um, oh, yeah, man. We're absolutely not strapped for space whatsoever, which is, like, super sick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're not going to get that many, but for future years, hopefully that's sort of the goal. Um, and there's they've got video equipment in there, video audio equipment, and they've got yep. some... That was a sweet surprise, eh, when we went in there? Yeah, that was a, um, a terrifying surprise, because they're like, yeah, you can stream from here, and I was like, holy shit, we can stream. Um, which sounds awesome, but when we're sort of... The focus is trying to deliver the best experience and the best sort of event we can for year one, so we get more people for year two, and can build on it going forward. I'm not... It's something we need to discuss a bit further i've talked to travis from herald so shout out to travis from heralds about how we can get streaming sort of up and running um it's something we might look to do on twitch uh the other issue is we also need a commentator because i think warhammer that's not being commentated on or you can't sort of hear the players is, is pretty it's pretty boring bro it's like watching fucking paint dry like yeah yeah so we need to have a mean you need to have a chat about that a sort of off show but yeah totally if if we're not going to stream it to Twitch, that is, we can hook up, um, we can stream the top table from the camera and put it on the projectors around the room so everyone can actually see where the top table is and what's going on on the top table. Alternatively, we can just put giant clocks on there so people know how long's left in the round, which is probably going to be what we do. We'll also put up announcements on there. It'll be good. So it's a whole huge space, lots of tables, lots of chairs. We can put a little casual lounge area, uh, possible streaming equipment, there's a bar immediately outside the hall that sells alcohol from like prices from like 1980 or so. It's like seven dollar beers, I think it was. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty sweet. Like the bar isn't just some dingy little in the corner thing. It's it's this big U in the middle of the room. Yeah, it's like a which had everything you can imagine in there, which is pretty. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah, and they also serve food out of there because they're a restaurant, so. You don't have to go off-site to get food or drink, um, anything like that. So the venue, I think we've done really well. The location wasn't overly, it wasn't as ideal as it could have been, but I believe all up we've got a pretty sweet venue. So it's the Upper Hutt Cosmopolitan Club if you want to check it out. Um, just moving through the pack, so next we've got a sponsors. So we've got three main sponsors sponsoring Notorious GT. Uh, first off, the, the ever-supportive Dark Contestant Mills. Uh, you've probably seen the 3D printed terrain and trophies online and on Twitter. Uh, so they're supplying the trophies. Uh, so we've got a number of trophies, which we'll get into later, which they've been able to provide. Um, and they're also sending over some scenery for us to use as well. So there'll be a, a table set up with their details on it and their terrain on it. So if you want to have a look at the quality of the terrain that comes out of um, Gary over in Scotland, then swing by the table. We'll let you know where it is. Have a look, check them out. Use the code AOS Shorts, get 10% off. And that way, I believe Mr. Shorts gets a kickback as well. Um, we've also got Mighty Ape, who is pretty well known in New Zealand. Um, Mighty Ape had jumped on to sponsor us as well. So they'll be sending some swag and they'll be providing us with the traditional discount code. Uh, we've also got Element Games from the UK. Um, and I just want to give a big shout out to Element Games and Byron and everyone over there. 
uh, for getting on and taking a punt with an event uh, halfway overseas, away from yeah. them. Yeah, that's well, totally. It's not... Yeah, I was going to say halfway across the world, but it is like literally the other side of the world. Um, they sent us a big box of swag, which is great, and I'm sure the players will appreciate. There's a whole bunch of tidbits in there, which people will find out on the day, and we're looking to sort of hand them out um, at the door at registration, um, just to to fill line people's pockets. Ah, so next we've got a pub quiz. So a point of difference that we're trying to do in Notorious is to really bring out the social and to try to get people engaging off the table as well as on the table. So local Wellington personality, John O'Enzor, he's run a couple of tournaments down here. He does a lot of theatre. He's uh, fucking quick on the memes. He's he's, (laughs) not on the puns. (laughs) No, no, he's an amazing lad. He also has, is it Black Comet Radio is his podcast? Is that Yeah, that's it. Thank God, because I haven't fact-checked that at all. So well done, me. He's done a podcast recently. John is really into the lore, the narrative, the fluff, whatever you want to call it, the story side of it. He's not an overly competitive guy. He just loves having a fun time and loves the game and the interaction with people, the social on the table. So I thought, Jono, I was actually, Lee suggested to talk to Jono about running a pub quiz. Um, I reached out to Jono and he just was like, fuck yes, let's do that. So on the Saturday night, yeah, exactly. So on the Saturday night after gaming, uh, people are welcome to hang around or they're welcome to leave. It's entirely up to them. We will be doing um, a team pub quiz. I don't really know much about it because I just said to Jono, do you want to do it? And he said, yeah, sure. And I said, look, you just do whatever you want. I trust that you're capable of doing this and that you're going to make it awesome. And just tell us what we need to put in the pack. And he was like, yes, sweet. And um, and And he has told me he's got some stuff on the go. But I believe it's going to be sort of teams of four, uh, mix it up. We can randomize it or people can preset their teams. As for the questions, I have no idea what they're going to be. They could be real world. They could be AOS. They could be old world fantasy. Uh, either way, it's just a great time to get together and have some dance and uh, keep the social going beyond the table interaction. Yeah, uh, I think next- that's, a, that's a real big thing for us too. Eh? Like, I know one of the main reasons I like to travel around and come to the tournaments is to get on the piss with the boys, <laughs> just catch up with people, you know, and bringing yeah. in that element really brings in like, brings in the idea to the, to the newer players, especially that, that are coming, um, what tournament's all about. And it's not all about what happens on the table, you know, it's about what happens off the table too. Yeah, absolutely. And I find that's like when the best times in a tournament happens is when you sort of, after day one or two, you know, you catch up with your mates or even people that you played earlier in the day. You know, you might play someone round one, had a tight game, really got on with them. And then you go your separate ways for six, seven hours. And then you come back at the end of the day and you're like, oh, hey, man, how, how'd your games go? You know, and you get really, like, interested and invested in what they're doing. And it's sort of just another reason for people to stick around, have a yarn and get involved. Um, I mean, we did a charity event a few weeks ago uh, where on the Saturday after gaming, we went out to the local bar and had um had a couple of drinks nothing big but it was just you know alcohol is a lubricant of life some people don't drink and that's fine they just had some soft drinks and we had about two or three drinks i think it was stayed around for a couple of hours and just shared stories like that was it we were just sharing stories about what had happened during the day or like cool ideas we had and shit like that and it's just 
when you're around like-minded mates who have the, the same hobby, it's it's when it's at the best, is for me anyway, um, is the social side of it. So, yeah. And that's what we're trying to encourage. Encouraging um, drinking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and there's, there's, there's a few big drinkers in there as well. So Yeah, you've got to you watch know. out for the few. But no, it was yeah. cool. Even the young fellas come along to the pub after that Cherokon event. I don't, obviously they weren't allowed to have a beer, but they even sat around and, and had a chat, you know? Yeah, that was it. Share a bowl of chips and have a Coke, and they were fucking right into it. Yeah. Just, again, telling stories, you know? They might not be able to talk about Warhammer as openly as they want when they're at school because it might be a a social poo-poo or something. I don't know. Um, But they were were wrapping it up, as do I. So, you know, my partner gets sick of me talking about it, so (laughs) I need to talk to someone who actually knows what the fuck, you know, that I'm talking about. Uh, so we'll move into the painting competition. So this is another big emphasis of ours at Notorious. Um, this is totally something that hasn't, I, I, has there been a standalone painting competition in any New Zealand tournament so far? Um, I don't want to sit here as a Billy Big Pool's cunt and say, say no, no, we've revo- we've, re- we've revolutioned the game, <laughs> but, um, I, I don't, I can't speak to old world fantasy days because I wasn't around the tournament scene back then. Um, this is definitely not some original idea that me and you no, totally have come up with. It's an idea that we've seen from afar overseas and we've sort of brought it in and we've tried to, um, you know, try to use it and introduce it here. But me and Sean, I'm not the strongest painter. I have my own frustrations with painting. I like it when I have the time to do it, but I always, Say I never have the time to do it, so it's yeah, it's it's a load of shit. Sean, on the other hand, is a bit better at painting at me, but I'm not going to speak for him regarding oh, how much he likes. Or hates <laughs> well, you got an airbrush, so yeah, well, yeah, yeah, I've yeah. got an airbrush. That's that's what gets me through looking slightly less shit than normal. Yeah, yeah, um, but yeah, I love painting, and it's also part about the hobby. And I think the biggie to why we wanted to have a proper standalone painting competition was to bring another element into the tournament and um, really be able to celebrate people's painting aside from just the army painting, you know, like somebody that likes to get a quick good army on the table might like to paint an individual model to a really high standard, but they don't paint their army to that because that takes, that takes fucking forever, doesn't it? Um, So you never know who could pop out with something incredible. Um, that maybe you didn't expect, which is the whole, is, is one of the cool things about having that separate competition is that you can see stuff like that. You can see what people have been spending their hard time and hours on. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, um, and, that, and that's totally the point is to celebrate the, the entirety of the hobby. Uh, me and you are traditionally competitive players, but yet the hobby, you know, not everyone in this hobby is a competitive player like you and me. So traditionally in New Zealand, we've had at tournaments, uh, maybe one or two painting prizes. Um, and normally it's the sort of best overall player vote, maybe a judge vote. However, at Notorious, we're doing, I believe it's six different hobby categories. Yeah. Man. Uh, so there's, there's two sort of grand poobah overall prizes. So there's like a, a best overall, which would be a judge vote. And then it's going to be a coolest army, which is a player vote. So we'll shortlist some armies, get them out there. And then we've got these four sort of subcategories, which Sean was talking to earlier about 
you know, someone might want to bring one hero up to a really high standard. Or maybe they just, they really love that one miniature and they're super proud that they spent, I don't know, like 20, 30 hours painting Gut Rot Spume, yet they just smash the rest of those Plague Bearers and the rest of their army with like a a can of Nurgle Green, whatever the fuck that is, and some shade. So that's, so these little subcategories are really designed for those people who want to paint individual models or units to a high standard or maybe just want to showcase their own sort of workmanship so we got single hero model so just a hero model we got single behemoth or monster so anything that's got the keyword behemoth or monster uh then we've got a unit which is a unit of three models to ten models so that could be something as simple as like arcanaut company or empire free guard whatever they're called trying to think of units that have ten models blood letters maybe uh, down to units of free, so the more elite stuff like Enlighten. Um, and what else comes in a unit of free, Sean? Fuck, help me out. I don't know. Like, you could, <laughs> you, A for wings. You could, yeah. <laughs> you could just have three blood letters if you want. Like, it doesn't yeah. matter what the unit size is. Like, if you painted three blood letters that will stand up against someone's, I don't know, three Stormcast Paladors or something, then yeah. fucking good on you. Smash it. Yeah. It's an opportunity to get creative and get loud and sort of get proud about what you're doing. And really put a unique spin on, on maybe a unit that's, there's maybe 200 of those models in your army, clan rats or so. But maybe you want to take 10 of them or three of them to an exceptional level and showcase them for us. Uh, and the last category is an open category, which is any model from any game system, from any range, as long as you've painted it. So it could be a low hanging fruit, like a 40k unit, or it could be, um, Malifaux, or it could be Kings of War, or any game system out there. I'm just trying to think of ones that I know. War Machine, I think it's another one out there. Yeah, War Machine's got some sweet models. They're yeah, like just, third party stuff, you know, Mess Miniatures. Yeah. Um, could could all, be China those, Forge, you know? Yeah, China Forge. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, it doesn't have to be part of your army as well. Uh, so it can be literally any miniature model as long as you have painted it. Um, Bring it along. That's the open category. Show off your craft work. Show off something you're really proud of. And yeah, so six different painting awards. Um, we're getting in some special judges who I'm speaking to currently to see what time suits them and to when they can all come by and swing by and have a look at the armies to help us out on judge voting. Um, and also because there's only two of us, we need someone to split the difference as well. We can't just have two vote, two judges. Um, and also outside judges who aren't uh, so entwined with the AOS community to try um, avoid any sort of underlying bias that people might have towards people. Yeah, and they haven't seen this army every time for the last five tournaments, you know? Everything's fresh and new to them. They have a a, a fresh eye on it, I guess. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Miniature painters, like miniature hobbyists, but people that aren't so ingrained in the AOS community. Um. Then what we go into, we've got paint standard, which is just painting models. Like, come on, guys. Um, army lists, they're going to be, we're going to lock all the rules as of Monday the 13th of May, which is roughly just under two weeks out from the event. So uh, any new releases the week beforehand uh, won't count. So that's the 18th and 19th. However, you've got roughly two weeks to, to get your army list in. And... Something we're going to do with the army list, we're going to do an army list YouTube reveal show. Sorry, this is news for you, Sean, so I'm just letting you know now. Um, but <laughs> I've been speaking to, yeah, I've been speaking to Michael from Doom and Darkness. Oh, and sweet. that man is a sucker for punishment who is 
eager to review every list everywhere and call it, oh, yeah, this guy's obviously just taking what he likes or, no, I think this is really good. Um, I don't even know if there's a third category out there because that's all I've ever heard him say about every list ever. So that'll be interesting. Maybe we can push him on it. Uh, so we're going to do a big list reveal show as soon as one sort of list they're in, once we make sure they're legal, and yeah, we'll do it in a public way on YouTube. Um, games. So five rounds we got um, at 2,000 points for Notorious GT. Rounds uh, two hours, 45 minutes, I believe. Um, Sean, do you want to, oh, how about I lead off of the mission and so on, and then you can maybe speak to possibly why we chose it, given that you're like the gaming guru between us, the, the yeah, better man. player and so on. This is your element. Cool. So we've got, I don't even know if this is an order. I think it's an order. Uh, so we've got Starstrike, uh, yeah. which is, and we're playing, yeah. sorry, let this me back up order, a second. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So let me back up a second. So we're playing in the realms. We're using the realmscape rules. Uh, we're using the realmscape command abilities and we're using the signature spell for the realm, the realm sphere magic, I believe it's called. Uh, but we're not using the six spells from the realm. Like you can't choose one or anything of the sort. So playing in the realms, we've pre-selected the feature, um, and pre-selected the rounds and it's all in the pack. So it's all transparent. So people know what they've got to plan for. So the first round is Starstrike, uh, Realm of Shadow Uglu, and we're playing in the Shadow Realm. Um, so a little bit of commentary as to maybe why we chose Starstrike, Sean, and how we felt about the Realm of Shadow, uh, Shadow Realm feature. Yeah, man. Uh, so Starstrike's awesome mission. Um, when we put the missions in, I guess I'll cover that first. Um, we didn't want to put in too many missions that hamstrung one army or was stronger for a particular army we needed to spread it across and then most importantly we needed a mission that breaks up the pack uh not knowing how many players we're going to get in the end it's always safe having a mission like uh blood and glory or knife for the heart taking hold something like that just to split it up and give you a lot of minor and minor and major wins so with star strike it's a really cool mission uh best part about it is that it really favors mobile armies Anything that can quickly redeploy or move and then hold a, hold a late game objective. So not particularly just the most mobile armies, but also the, the armies that play more towards a later game. And the way we've, you know, helped with that for the slower armies is by putting the realm of Ulgu in there. So early game, you still have the ability to, to move around the board a little bit more. Um, the, it removes that that option of I don't know running out of luck. You know, you take two thirds of the board, and the, all the stars land, and the other third where you're not. Uh, it's not not the end of the world for you because you do have that teleport from Ugu, so you can jump over the other side of the board and I don't know not <laughs> not lose the game turn three. You know, just because you had unlucky drops. Yeah, and I think Star Strike, while it is a random mission because the points are worth so much at the end of the game, you can also score in the late game. So it's not like a like a relocation orb, so to say, or a better part of Valor. It's probably a better example, where someone can score early on you and then the game's over because the objectives are gone. Whereas in Star Strike, the objectives, you know, one comes out in turn two, and there's two more in turn three. And if someone can score the second turn and the third turn and you haven't scored, you can score in the last turn and get 15 points or even... Turn four and five, 
Um, so I like it's a mission that's really not over until it's over because of how the scoring's weighted. And also the Shadow Realm is the you have to be within a board edge and you can jump from a board edge to another board edge and you can move around the board. So as Sean said, it really really does support those sort of less mobile armies like the dwarfs if there was a dwarf army to come. <laughs> uh so next up we've got three places of power and it's been in it's in Shimon, uh Realm Metal, and we've got the Realmscape feature Irresistible Force. Uh, did you want to speak to, not to try to put you on the spot, bro, but we had a discussion off mic about Irresistible Force and how it works with modifiers. Do you recall that well enough? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we can uh, totally go over that. That's, that's the, if you cast on a double, on a double. it's automatically successful whether it exceeds the casting roll or not. Yeah, uh, so and... I'll just read it out just so the listeners have context if they're not familiar with it as yeah, well. Man. So go over it. if the casting roll is a double after re-rolls, but before modifiers are applied, so it's sort of in its own little sub-phase, it is successful, even if the roll is less than the casting value, so that's what Sean was saying. And the spell cannot be unbound. After the effect of the spell has been carried out, each unit within three inches of the caster suffers, suffers one mortal wound. So, yeah, do you want to quickly... Can you recall yes. what we discussed? Yeah, yeah. So um, just a little important little FAQ on that is... We went back and had a quick squiz on the wording of modifiers, and it's not a hundred percent, I don't know, clear. Uh, but the way we're rolling it for this is something like the Lord of Changes' ability to change the dice is counting as a modifier for this this realmscape. So even though you can turn it to a double, uh, that counts as a modifier. So you don't pick up the rule that it's unable to be un- unbound and always successful. So if you roll a natural double with the Lord of Change, cool, no worries. You get your Realmscape feature, but you can't manipulate it with his uh, his ability there. I don't I don't know. I think maybe it might need a little bit of a an actual FAQ to to clarify that, but clearly it'll kind of break that character. <laughs> yeah, have yeah, I don't. Always casting all the time on the Super Chicken. Yeah, I don't believe it's been like widely talked about, but the reasoning we came to that ruling is so it says if it's a double after re-rolls, but before modifiers, and if you look at the modifiers word, wording and what it means as a rule in the core rules, it says um, sometimes modifiers apply to characteristics or abilities, and the Lord of Changes, the Master of Sorcery, is that what it's, I don't yeah, know I what think, it's called. Yeah, I think it's called Master of Sorcery. Where you change the double as an ability, so therefore... According to the modifiers, the ability is a modifier, so the ability is triggering as a modifier after the reroll. So that's how we've come to that logic. Um, yeah, and then we're playing in so it's three places of power. Realm yep. metal, as it said, I think three places of power is a pretty uh, yeah, it's a pretty standard mission. Yeah, I don't I think, think there's many than, complaints about it. No, I think it's better than duality. Uh, yeah, agree. As agree. it's not. Typically how duality goes is you move two models up if you get first turn, you take both, you lose one on your turn one, and then if you hold the other one for the rest of the game, you win the game. So it makes it quite one-sided a lot of the time. Um, having three objectives really allows for a bit more gameplay there. Yeah. And the reason totally. we pick it over Arcane Power is obviously because Arcane Power is very limited as to who can actually score the objective, and I'm really not a big fan of that. Um, yeah, yeah, it's pretty mutual. 
Yeah, it's like a corn army or a fight uh fire slayers army or a KO army. KO or dispossessed yeah. or literally any of the mixed mixed armies um yeah, can struggle on it because they can't get artifacts. Like yeah, it's it's free it, shit for them. It's a it's a negative game experience and that's what we wanted to remove. There's possibilities for real negative game experience. It's exactly what Sean was saying about duality. If you come up against like a Marathi, you're like, hmm, cool. Yeah. Or if you come up against like a Nagash who's been screened by a bunch of um, fuck, what are they called? Skeletons or uh, Grim... Uh, Grimgas. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you don't have any range, so you don't have any way to deal with Nagash. So those are, can be... Those can be just one up in the... Ma- they can be one in the matchup stage, which is which is not overly the most you know, positive experience. No. Um, so I, I personally think it's the most balanced out of all the hero scoring missions as well. And I think having a hero scoring mission is, is pretty sweet. It's definitely uh, important, so- I think, to have a hero, hero scoring mission. Yeah, yeah. So then we got round three. We got Scorched Earth. Uh, so a bit of a blast from the past, from the old the old General's Handbook, which has fell fallen out of uh, favor. But I believe it's superior to its cousin, better part of Valor. So we're playing in uh, Shaiish, the realm of death, and we've got Eternal War. And Eternal War is add one to the bravery of all units in the army. So the realm of death realmscapes are real swingy. A lot of them sort of. Like on a six up, you do this, or they're really good for casting armies. So we thought plus one bravery to everyone is a pretty balanced buff across across the whole army. Is is that correct, Sean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We kind of wanted to keep them away from the silly side, but have them exist. So some of the some of the realms, it's either extreme or nothing much, and. I guess we'd rather go nothing much rather than the extreme side. Because at the end of the day, it is still a competitive event on the gameplay side um, for the higher tables, and we don't really want that to affect uh, the, the gameplay side of things too much. Yeah, totally. And do you want to talk about Scorched Earth over Better Part of Valor? Yeah, man. Uh, so Scorched Earth used to be the boogeyman scenario like Better Part of Valor is now back in GHB1. Uh, for those who don't know, it's been modified for GHB2, and basically what they've done is removed first turn burning of uh, of your opponent's objectives, and they've pushed it up a bit so you can actually screen your objective now. So all in all, it's it's just a better better version of better part of Valor. Um, everyone complained about Scorched Earth in the old times. They fixed it. They brought in better part of Valor. Everyone started playing better part of Valor, and you're just still in this loop when uh, there's the the better version of the scenario in Scorched Earth again. So we've gone back to that. If that made any sense whatsoever. <laughs> no, bro, I, I totally 100% agree with what you said because we all hated Scorched Earth because we had, like, Murderhost. Yeah, just I played Murderhost, Murderhost, and it was a joke. Absolute yeah, I, joke. I mean... I think the only time you lost that is when I played a Vanguard Wing against your murder host. Mm-hmm. And the only the only reason I won that is because Vanguard Wing was bullshit. But secondly, was because I think you didn't I've get a good enough roll on one of the I, sides. So you yeah, could only burn two one. at the start, I think. Yeah, yeah. And that was enough for me to draw S's all over the board and then burn all your objectives. Yeah. Um. But anyway, so you can't burn until turn two. So yeah. that gives people the chance to actually have a turn uh, because better part of Valor is very matchup dependent. The classic scenario we've talked about on this podcast and on other shows I've heard was we had 
for CanCon. Seth had his Destruction Army. He played against Liam in Australia. Liam had a very aggro Winterleaf list. Uh, Liam was one drop. Seth was more than one drop. I think it's five or six. I don't know. Doesn't matter. And then Liam went first, uh, took the first turn, aggroed his army up, did his Alpha Strike, and won the game before Seth even got a turn. And Seth was still, like, fine with it, but it's a pretty fucking negative play experience to have, in, in my opinion. Yeah, and w- whether I, it comes down to a fault in deployment or not, you sh- I don't think there's any game out there where you should just lose before you get to do anything like why. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Why is that a thing? It's, yeah, I think yeah. any game that you can lose before you've even had a turn gives people to feel bad. Yeah, um, because in most games you can make like up to a dozen mistakes and not lose them on any one. You know, quite often you can come back and swings and tempos and stuff like that or get lucky. Uh, but yeah, I think it's a real unforgiving mission. So that's why we've gone for Scorched Earth over Better Part of Valor. Uh, so round four, we got Knives to the Heart and we're in Ashki, Realm of Fire and we got Geysers of Boiling Blood, which is pretty random. It's at the start of your hero phase, roll a dice. On a six plus, Geyser explodes, pick a point on the battlefield, roll a dice over a unit with six. On a four plus, it takes D3 mortal wounds on a six plus. You take D6, so might go off once a game for each player if you're lucky. Uh, you want to talk about Knife to the Heart, bro? Is the yeah, man. Uh, yeah, so like I was saying earlier, uh, we weren't 100% sure how many players we were going to have for Notorious, and a good way to split up the pack uh, and get a true winner. And like we're obviously not going to have more than 100 players. That's, that's absolutely a dream. Uh, but... A great way to make sure we get a sure winner is to play Knife to the Heart. And that will split the pack up because even if you win, most people aren't going to get a major victory. And if they do, it's the second to last scenario, so it's really easy to pair up the, the two finalists in, for our last scenario. Uh, Knife to the Heart gives a little bit more play too, um, being a diagonal deployment, so it means everything's a little bit deeper which if you have teleporty shenanigans or a lot of movement shenanigans, you have the, um, you've got the tools to sneak in there and maybe pick up a cheeky major win rather than rolling over everybody. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I think it's, it is absolutely a great way to split the field because some people will just play for a minor and that's fine. If that's how they want to play the game, that's absolutely fine. Um, but then some people will go aggressive and try to go for the major, and I think it rewards that sort of play style. Yeah. And as you said, having it in round four splits it up just before the end of the game. Sorry, just before the end of the tournament. And that way, people have a sort of clear indication where they're going in on round five. If they are the type of people that are looking to try to win a tournament, if they're there to fuck around, then it's just an, it's a simple mission where you can push your armies forward and have a fun time. Yeah. And um, best thing on Sunday morning, because that'll be our first, first game Sunday morning. It's easy to set up, and oh, yeah. if you and your so opponent can. are hungover as fuck and can't be bothered, all you have to do is push your models at each other, because <laughs> there's, yeah. there's, no, there's, no, there's no objective <laughs> unless you go and Billy Big Balls on it, and yeah, just have an easy one. Yeah, and you can't win the game turn one or two as well. No, exactly. So you can definitely lose it in turn two, I'll tell you that. <laughs> um Last, last mission we have is Border War, which um, before Sean talks about Border War, I personally think is like the most balanced mission in, out of all the missions. Um, but that's just my opinion. And then we've got 
Skyrim, so we're in the realm of life, and we're playing Life Spring, which is uh, before the play before the battle begins, each player picks a hero from the army, and you add one to the wound characteristic of that hero. So if you got a Nagash, she goes to what is it, seventeen wounds? Is that right? You got yep. a Marathi, she survives one more turn. Oh, got yes. Archeon, so goes tasty. to twenty one wounds. Got a Star Drake, goes to seventeen. Um, it's just a little sort of fun one, which hopefully doesn't benefit more people than it disadvantages. But it's it's an easy one to remember, and I find my personal experience in tournaments is we always play with Realmscape features and shit, but most people just forget about them, in all honesty. And saying my hero has plus one wound is, is easy to remember. Yeah. Um, but what's your thoughts on Border War, bro? Uh, I love Border War. I love all, all these ones where you score each turn and nothing really changes, and it just comes down to generalship at the end of the day. On obje- uh, scenarios like Border War or Focal Points or uh, whatever the other one, Battle for Pass, they're, they're a great way to to finish on. I think it's an awesome scenario for a final because uh, at the end of the day, there's not going to be any uh, any hard-felt moments when you play Border War. It's going to be the best player on the day wins wins that scenario. Yep, yeah, agree. I mean, it slightly favours hordes, but the way that the missions, I mean, the way the objectives don't move, yeah. they're stationary, they're transparent, you know exactly how many points you can score, you know when you can score from. I think it's, um, I personally love it because it's just like, it, it feels so vanilla. Yeah. But I think it's a sort of a good way to end. And I think you're 100% right where your generalship really comes out in, yeah. in that mission. Eh? Yeah. You can go um, big, you can go for the money. You have to split your army up sometimes. You have to do things you don't want to do. You have to really yep. play for the objective to win the game. It's an awesome yep. mission. And you have to worry about home base at all times as well. Because oh, yeah. Because that's the easiest scoring... way to, to lose it quickly. Oh, bro, the amount of times I've played Border War and you're sort of sharing five points a turn, you know, maybe getting more models at the each end of the turn, and then all of a sudden someone can maybe do a, a wicked retreat or some awesome charge or a wraparound or a teleport into that home base objective. You're like, fuck, now I need to make up four points. Oh, it's great. I love it. Um, Next part of the pack we have here is narrative achievements. So... Narrative achievements might be a sort of new terminology, but the idea definitely isn't. Uh, we've used it in New Zealand, not us personally, but other TOs have. It's essentially sort of a bingo achievement side where everyone will get a card or be in their score sheets. We're not exactly sure how we're going to do it just yet, but we're going to write down a bunch of fun, quirky stuff um, on a bingo card, maybe 20 or so, 16. And your objective, if you want to partake in it, you don't have to. There's no no advantage to it. It's just sort of fun side game shit for people who want to do that sort of stuff or maybe you went into the tournament wanting to win and you lose around one and you go, fuck it, I'm just going to muck around and do these quirky achievements. Um, we haven't locked in these 100%, but we're going to have silly ones like your general kills the opposition general or something like a... Maybe like a Highlander take, there can be only one, some sort of bullshit. Or, you know, get the first unit kill of of the game. Um, or fail a 3-inch charge or something. Or make a 12-inch charge. Just stuff like that. Like stuff that are completely random. People can try play for. But it's just a sort of little fun side quest, I guess you'd say. Um, instead of playing. Uh, well, as well as playing your mission as well. It's co-current to it. So it's just a bit of fun in there for people who want to do it. Anything to add on that, Sean? Nah, man. Nah, man. Nailed it. 
Cool. Um, and then we got. So I'm just going through the pack, guys. I'm getting towards in. We got player etiquette and expectations. Don't be a uh, to put it as, yeah, to put it as bluntly as I can, don't be a cunt. Like quite simply, um, you know, be respectful of the person you're playing against and mindful of the people you're playing around. Um, if you're a big lad like myself, wear a belt. You know, we don't want to see your ass. Um, <laughs> make sure you shower before you come to the event both days, lads. Put on deodorant. Um, and then there's the more serious side of it, of blatant cheating and stuff like that. We'll be, we'll be dealt with in a very severe manner um, where you'll simply be asked to leave or you'll void all your games or something of the sort. Sort of have that discretion in there. Uh, rules disputes, stuff like that. You know, try to figure it out between yourselves. Check what the rules say. If in doubt, call over a TO. It's, it's not a taboo. Absolutely fine. We have no issue with that. Yeah, talks we're, about playing to time. Importantly, Sorry. we're not playing as well. So, no, calling no, me or we're... myself or Sean over is good as gold. Like, I have no doubt we'll be wandering around with wanting something to do in between rounds sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And then it just talks about sort of etiquette. You know, if you're finished your game and you're watching your, your mates play, try not to talk to them when they're playing. Try to let them play their games. Don't tell them, don't give them suggestions as to what they can do. You know, if you concede a game, you give up all your points or stuff like that. It's just base, basic, basic stuff that it puts out. Yeah, that's there to help people who are coming to a tournament of this size for the first time. And for people who have been to a couple of tournaments, they'll know, you know, what to do, sort of declaring what you're doing before you do it and shit like that. Um, and then we've got a bit around timing out and slow playing. Um, don't know if we really want to speak to that at this point in time. We will be keeping an eye on people who are taking longer than they should. Um, and by that, I mean they're not e- they're not sharing the time equally between both opponents. Yeah. Um, we so will we'll, have some. Check- we'll have a going. system in place to um to to sort out any issues that might come through deliberate slow playing or slow playing in general. Um, nothing that will punish a new player or somebody that just gets unlucky it'll be it'll be very direct and the people will know what they're doing if i'm over there talking to them with this um yeah it's it's something that we'll explain on the day something that'll be on the paper and um nothing to be worried about yeah absolutely just be mindful at a time and us as tos as well we'll try and remind people at every opportunity we get that, you know, you have two hours left in a round, you have an hour and a half, you have an hour, you have a half hour, you know, get into sort of 15 minutes. If you can do a quick round, then then finish out the round, guys, otherwise dice down pretty soon. Just stuff like that. You know, we're not there to sort of nail anyone. We want everyone to have a fun time. We want everyone to have equal opportunity to play out their games. Uh, we don't want games going to turn two and ending and people getting the feel bads. Yeah, totally. Um, that sort of stuff. We're not, we're not going to chuck a chess clock on anyone's table and say, motherfuckers played at this time. Um, we're adults. We can sort this shit out, and I don't believe in that sort of enforcement at all. Um, and then we get into the fun part of the the pack, the awards. So we've got a number of awards here. So we've got first, second, third. Uh, we've also got best in faction, so that's, and this is game-wise, so these are the, the competitive side of it. Uh, so the best order, best chaos, best death, best destruction. Uh, then we've got paint. We've got the six paint awards that we spoke about earlier, coolest army, best overall single. Uh, in the category single hero, single monster, unit of free to 10, and then open category. Sports, uh, we're going to go with two sports, we decided, given the size of the event. Um, yeah, I'd like to have more, but the awards are sort of restricted to how many people come and how much money we can raise through registration and stuff like that. 
And then the other awards we have is we've got the Narrative Achievement Awards, um, which I think will be a draw, but we'll see how we'll go. We need to nut that out a bit more. I think there's going to be two awards to that, possibly. And then we'll do everyone's favourite, the old wooden spoon. Uh, so the person who comes last, we give them something fun and, and all in jest, and hopefully they don't take it personally. But <laughs> just a bit of, bit of banter, bit of fun, you know. Um, yeah, and that's that's more or less a high-level 40-minute chat about the players' pack and the expectations and our goals. And again, our hope is that we can deliver a premium event for new and old players alike who start talking about it and want to make the pilgrimage to Wellington to come play in it every year. We hope to deliver that by having an awesome pack, uh, narrative achievements, painting competition, pub quizzes, great venue, awesome social environment, um, good missions, you know, good well thought out missions and so on and so forth. So please come along, you know, have a good time, have a laugh, get involved, say hi to people, get into the social, be a great time. Oh, and we've got awesome trophies and we've got wicked prizes. And the more people come, the more swag we can get. I guess that's something we can talk about that we haven't covered off. Yeah, totally. Um, so we've, we, we believe in, again, reinvesting into the players that come because they're taking time out of their weekend, somewhere from their friends and family, from their other responsibilities to come. So we've paired up with Chessex and we've got some custom dice coming for everyone who attends the event. They'll get a handful of dice. I'm not too sure about how much a handful of dice is at this point is. <laughs> Um, because we don't know how many people we've got at the, we've got about 44 players at yeah. the moment. Uh, so, and we have ordered a significant amount of dice. So depending on how many people come is how many we'll give out to each player. We've got a bunch of different designs, uh, we can maybe use some of some spot prizes and so on. They're there just to reinvest in the people. Everyone will also get, uh, some custom measuring sticks. So we teamed up with Battle Kiwi and they're going to help us out with some measuring sticks, uh, to give out to people. Um, and we're looking at a couple of other options, but those are the two things we're doing right now. But if we can get another sort of 10 or so players, then we've also got an option to look at dice bags as well and possibly like nine inch measuring sticks and so on. But, um, I'm not looking, we're not looking to make any money off this event. No, sure. We're not looking to, not. to cut the community to line our own pockets, but we're also not wanting to lose, um, chunks of money on this event as well. So. We have invested money into this, um, and breaking even is, or even making a small loss is, is more than happy to do so. So more people that come, the better. Um, we've also got some star power coming as well. So we've got Mr. Shorts, Mr. Daniel Street of AOS Shorts fame is coming from Auckland. For his first uh, new so you'll get game to... this year, is it? Is he, is he played this year apart from in Australia? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 So he played in Oz and I think he played a local, well, he played a game up in Auckland, from what I understand, um, in preparation for Notorious, so that's pretty cool. And um, the Silver Fox himself is coming south of the Bombay Hills. Uh, we also have a lad from Tauranga. I believe it's James. I can't remember your last name, James, and hopefully your first name is James. If not, I apologize, and I look like an arsehole. we got lads from Hamilton coming. We've got lads from Palmerston North coming, as always, your oh, yeah. crew, Sean. Uh, we've got a bunch of people from Wellington. Uh, we've got, I think, about six or seven people from Auckland coming too. Sadly, no one from Austra- uh, from Christchurch yet. So would love to see some South Island bros put their hands up even towards the last minute. That'd be fantastic. Um, if not, then we're just going to have to come down and, and win one of your tournaments, hopefully, and then 
get you guys fired up to trim and invade. Uh, we, yeah, we also have a couple of lads from Australia confirmed at this point in time. So we got uh, Liam Bennett Blue, who is uh, he does the AOS Wednesday YouTube series with Anthony the Coach on YouTube. He does Shadowhammer as well, his own podcast. Uh, he runs the Sydney AOS page, I believe it is. It's a huge page, like eight hundred odd people on it. Uh, Liam's a bit of an internet personality. He's he's a he's a nice lad. He's harmless in, in person. <laughs> he's don't believe that don't believe the hype on the internet. Um, we've also got Charles Black, who is a bit of a blast in the past, from what I understand. He was pretty famous in Warhammer Fantasy days, and he's um, got ties to the old world, and from what I understand, had a lot of success in the, uh, playing fantasy. He's also had a decent amount of success and low-key as one of my hot picks uh, to possibly win the event. So he's coming over from Canberra. Um, he recently was at South Coast... No, not South Coast. South Australia GT. Uh, he took a... Was it a, Do you know what he took? Was it a Disciples uh, of yeah, Death he had Dark. I, don't, I didn't actually see his list. I was quite I know he went four and interested one. to see it because he made it into the, um, into the last game there with um, Dan Brewer, didn't he? Yeah, he was playing top table, yeah. I believe, or second table. And I believe he lost that last match. And he, I don't know where he came, but I'll confidently say he came possibly top five, if not top ten. Um, he also, at CanCon, 200-player event, he came, I think, 12th or 13th. He was up there. He was the winner of the four and two. So I'll tell you that because he got all secondaries and he got some minor losses. Um, and I know he's won some other events. So he's going to be bringing the competition. Um, and I met him while I was over there. Lovely lad. He he also set up the Tasman Cup as well, so good on him. Um, and we also have another uh, power broker in the AOS scene who uh, is possibly coming, tentatively coming, not my news to share, but I'm just going to put that tidbit out there so they feel a bit <laughs> put more. Put the pressure on him. But, yeah, a bit more <laughs> of pressure, and they feel like they sort of, they might have to come. So I'm just going to, I'm going to leave that there for the moment being. Uh, earlier today, I threw out to the community uh, on the New Zealand Facebook anyway about does anyone have any questions for um, us for recording tonight regarding the event, sort of what we want to do, the intent, and so on. And we got this is sweet. Um, probably a there's a whole bunch. Every Sorry? time we've done it, there's been a whole bunch, yeah. which is really cool. Yeah, I, I love the community engagement yeah, totally. because that's why we set up the podcast was to spotlight the New Zealand community. And to give it a voice and to give us some, give ourselves some representation. And, um, yeah, so it's, it's really awesome to see the community is engaging back with us as well, because that's what we want. We just want to, we just want everyone to get along, have a good time and roll dice and talk shit. Uh, so we'll start with Mark. So Mark says, so I'll read off the question, Sean, and you can give the first answer and I can have a drink while you're answering. Uh, the question. Good. So Mark says, do you think Vic will be a contender? at Notorious GT. Given that we have 44 players so far, and hopefully more to come, push it over 50, what I'm do you reckon? I'm put it down as a no. I don't, I don't, I don't think, oh, I don't think Beck will be in the, the top three, if not the top five. I haven't, I haven't seen a lot of Feck hype. I've seen a bit of Feck hype around, but not too much, Not especially not around the, um, the, the, you know, the old boys scene. So if there's a newbie that comes out and smashes it out, I'll be I'll be more than pleased to see it. But um, I don't I don't know how they're gonna how they're gonna do. 
I'm more worried about Skaven than I am about Fick. Yeah, I my answer was going to be, I think they'll be around, but I don't think they'll be as big no. of an issue. I mean, obviously, we don't have the player base of like Australia to state, sort of UK, where especially in the UK, they've sort of like podiumed at the last well, like every event since the book's been dropped. So I don't know if we have the player base to support the sort of. I don't know if we have the players in our community who are like cutting edge players who are buying and building new armies as soon as they yep, come out. Exactly that. So yeah. I reckon there'll be a turnaround time. I mean, Notorious is still nine, ten weeks away. Um, and other than yourself, I don't know of many fake players, to be honest. So I think it's an army that everybody, I would a eat. lot of people have that's been sitting on their shelf for a while that might come out. But yeah, I'm not sure. I think it's been sitting on people's shelves maybe too long and they'd rather play something that they're more attached to at the moment. But I'm yep. ha- yeah, happy, totally. to, happy to be proven wrong. Yeah. Uh, so Seth asked, the goon boss himself, that is, I, I should should make comment to that, who is the favourite to win? So uh, do you want to give yeah. us a top three or a top five, or do you want... What do you want uh, to I'm, I'm, I'm just going to pick my, my number one to win. Put, put the pressure on him, because I know he's not going to listen. I think um I think Matt B's gonna smash it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I fucking knew you were gonna say that. He's yeah. gonna go in there, it's gonna be it's gonna be final game and it'll either be an Aussie or it'll be James Page. And if it's James Page, he's gonna get up his skin and he's gonna smash him. Yeah. Yeah. Um so I'll give roughly a top uh, five, I guess. And no in no order. So I reckon Matt B's up there because he's won pretty much yep. everything. I reckon James Page is up there because the guy is... A computer. Um, he is. He's a freak <laughs> on the table. <laughs> it's just genuinely yep. is. Uh, I reckon Charles Black from Australia. Yeah, he's to play um, when he comes over. Nothing but... Yeah, I've seen him do nothing but win. So I reckon he'll do well. Uh, I reckon Liam... From Australia could be in with a good shot, depending on how seriously he wants to take it. He might just take it as like a piss up boys trip, and then all does, bets are does off. Does Liam drink? I have no idea. Just, just going away from topic. He does. He does. He does drink, but he's a tight. Ty- he's a yeah, tiny. Yeah, I've seen how thing. small he is. Um, he's a very small yeah, person. <laughs> yeah, like my leg probably weighs more than Liam, and I mean, yes, I'm a big guy. I'm, you know, a big lad, but Liam is. He's a he's a very small lad. Um. So it wouldn't take him much to get on it if that's what you're Fantastic. sort of implying. It's how fucked up does he get <laughs> and how quickly does I don't know what he's like under the pump once he's been once he's gone. I know he had a big night in Canberra and I heard some stories, but that's for off mic conversation. Um who else have got? So I said so I said two Kiwis as well. Uh Lee, possibly, depending on how he's feeling, if he's playing Sylvan F or not, we'll see what happens. Uh, I'd Mark, like to see Mark pull a podium. Mark, well, I, I wouldn't be surprised one. if Mark pulled He's, a podium. I've played him twice, and neither game was yeah. easy. And he, I don't know, he seems to beat people that I don't expect him to beat, but then lose to people that I think he's going to steamroll. So, yeah, it's um, it'll be interesting. And I, I believe that's about five or six names I've sort of rattled off there. Um, obviously, there's many good players. There's a bunch of players that are sort of on the come that, you know, go four and one quite regularly or, or three and two. 
that have just got new books as well. So we'll see how it goes. Um, and then following on from Seth's question, there's just a whole big fucking chat about who's going to win, which I'm not going to go into. Uh, so Jono, friend of the show Jono, who is doing the pub quiz, what does GT stand for and why is it good time? Well, that's exactly it, Jono. It's good time. It's, no, it's Grand Tournament. We're trying to, trying to do a thing from the internet and make it GT. Um, we've sort of answered this already, but we'll read it out anyway. What inspired you to try pull off a big GT? Was it because of CanCon or was it earlier than that? Um, you want to uh, take yeah, this one I'd say we were already talking about having a big GT uh, prior to the boys going to CanCon. Uh, when we run Notorious, our little one in Wellington, it was kind of, I don't know, feeler, a warm-up to see how it would go. Uh, and, yeah, we would, we'd, I'd, uh, I'd really like something like CanCon in New Zealand. And I think Notorious hopefully could, definitely be that event um cancon's pretty much an inspiration when it comes to to tournaments i think for a lot of people especially across the world and um yeah if we could pull that off that'd be that'd be wicked yeah bro um i i definitely agree so we've been talking about this probably on and off since we formed the podcast which is about may last year and I believe my big inspiration was um, the second CanCon, actually. when a, So the first CanCon, I think, was roughly 50 players yep. or just under. And then the second one was 100, and tickets sold out really quick. And I was thinking, fuck, that's amazing. And we saw the community engagement, and that was really driven by members of the community doing podcasts, doing content, you know, cr- content creators, more or less, doing YouTube and so on, getting people talking about the the community and the scene and getting hype and getting the buzz around it. And it's just the old sort of um, saying of, you know, if you build it, they will come. So year one is really, it's not a make or break year or anything of the sort, but it's hopefully people come and then they go and they have a great time. First and foremost, that is, that is the goal. And then they'll go back to their local communities like James from Tauranga or the lads from Auckland or the lads from Hamilton. Um, we'll go back to their communities and, and talk to their local player bases and be like, hey, this is really awesome. We should all sort of do this again next year and we'll go as a group and we'll hire a house and we'll drive the car down and we'll make it a boys weekend away and shit like that. And that's sort of what, um, well, I guess that's, I've, I've completely missed the question because he's just said what inspired you. So it's a mixture of, yeah, <laughs> one in New Zealand to have a marquee event, essentially. Um and then Jono also says, how much agreement was there between the Shawns about what should be included in the pack? Um, are there things that weren't put in that either of you would have liked to see? So Jono is just low key yeah, trying to tear us apart. Yeah, he's just trying to set it up. <laughs> he, uh, yeah. Jono wants to be the new Sean. Well, who's he trying to replace is the question. Oh, well, you are the well, alpha Sean. Is he trying moment, to sneak in so on the beta Sean, or is he just going possibly to Possibly like, me. I, re- yeah. I reckon so. Yeah, but then you can't be big, Sean, because you're not big at all. You're just yeah, like well, a short little I'm... cunt with no, <laughs> no muscle tone or anything. <laughs> it might be big Jono. John, Jono doesn't have a beard. Yeah, Jono doesn't have a beard <laughs> like me. Uh, to be to be fair, um, so how we wrote the pack, so me and Sean just had ideas, um, and Sean did the first draft of the pack, 
And then I took it and tried to clean it up and ran it past him. And to be honest, it's been a pretty sort of fluent cohesion between the both of us. Um, I, the first draft of the pack, I put in some, we had a quick discussion about some missions. Better part of Valor was one of them and relocation orb was the other one. And we sort of took some time away from him and Sean was like, look, I don't actually think they're that good. Uh, we played some games of him and we're like, actually, yeah, it can give people to feel bad. So, um, that was one of the changes that we made. I don't think either of us really haven't got anything in the pack yeah, that we've no, really. We're, we're pretty much well, on I'm the same nodded, page, but... I think, with most of this stuff. A, a lot of yeah. it's come from like 2 a.m., a bottle of gin and a box of beers down chats and then trying to remember <laughs> it in the morning. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. We, um, I don't know, we didn't write the pack to run the event. We had the idea of the event and said, how yeah, can exactly. we get this in a pack? Like, we very clearly from the start wanted to have a big focus on painting. And we're like, how can we get that? And we're like, fucking painting yeah. prizes for everyone. We're going to Oprah Winfrey to shit out of painting and just give everyone something. Um, so we came, so then we had that idea and then we sort of came up with, you know, six categories and we went from there. Um, and then same, how do we apply that to narrative then as well? Because the competitive guys are going to turn up in game anyway. So, yeah. So I think that's it's been good. Um, and then the last question from Jono, have there been any unexpected challenges encountered so far? Not for me, mate. Sean's pulled most of oh, the hard yards so far. No. Nah. Yeah, probably my most challenging issue, although not entirely unexpected, is chasing people for payment, to be honest. Uh, the way we've done registration has been uh, send me an email, let me know you want to come, I'll put you on a master list, I'll send you payment details, and people go, yeah, I'll pay you, and then they don't. And you know, I say, can you pay me? And they go, yep, sweet, I'll do it now, and then they don't. And it sort of just goes on for some time. And then, But in saying that, half the field have just gone, yeah, here's the money right away. So that's a learning for next year and something that we can look yeah, into totally. for next year. Um, the reason that I hassle people for money is because, uh, for example, we got our trophies from overseas in Scotland, uh, from Dark Fantastic Mills. Uh, they said it could take up to 10 weeks to do the trophies. So obviously we need the money well in advance because if the guy needs 10 weeks to make them and he needs another two weeks to ship them, that's 12 weeks, that's three months. Uh, as I said again, I don't mind spending money on the event, but I don't want to invest shitloads and then have not people pull out and not turn up and stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, that's probably the, and then also again, the dice ready, the dice have like a sort of anywhere from like an eight to 12 week turnover as well. And that's a significant investment. So that's the reason I chase people for payments so I can reinvest into the event and get the numbers ordered and, uh, sorry, get like the, the trophies ordered and all that sort of shit. Um, Seth says, Sort of similar to his, one of his last questions, your picks for each award. Oh, I think that's too yeah, hard it's, at this point it's, in time. I, I feel like we could throw out names for the painting right now, but I feel like there's going to be a few boys that show up and someone's going to blow someone out the water, like, you know, the Sloan, the Maddie, and the Bows, and the Regans, all those, all those like consistent boys that show up for the painting. Every, pretty much every tournament. And they're competing between the the few of them. Yeah. Um. I I think yep. they're going to have some surprise competition. Like, Timmy hasn't oh, put yeah, his bro. army in for a painting competition in like two years. So, eventually, when he sticks his death army down, it's going to get it's going to get some votes. 
and he's going to pull some single... It's on the yeah, GW it's on, website. it's on the GW website, man. It's fucking amazing army, and he yeah. always is just too humble about it yeah. to stick it in. So I'm quite keen to see what yeah, sort of is. single model stuff he has to bring down. Um, and then especially yeah. the players we yeah. don't know about will be really cool. And the Aussies as well. Like Liam's a sick cunt painter from what I've seen. I don't know anything about oh. Charles' armies, but um, Liam's stuff I've seen is pretty awesome. Yeah, Charles' army, I've seen one of his armies, the Sylvaneff army, and that was pretty solid. And Liam has some wicked conversions in his army. Um, oh, fuck, Liam's going to slap me if I say this wrong. I think he's got like a Marafi, which is mixed with a Durfu uh, or something. It's yeah, a, I think that's his Durfu, it? Yeah, it's got like the Marathi bottom, bottom half, Durfu? and then he's know. got like Spites, which have um, yeah. like Malusai tails on them and stuff. Like, super sweet stuff. Yeah, his his yeah. army's on fucking point. It looks good. So there's going to be um, there's a lad from Auckland, Brett, as well, who recently signed up, who's been sending me stuff to say, is this all right? For yeah, we haven't and seen stuff Brett's like armies in ages Brett's too, a, and he's a sweet he's a hobbyist. He's a commission painter. His hobby yeah. is fucking legit. So I I reckon I reckon, but no one's going to fucking admit it. But the painting competition is going to be more fiercely competitive <laughs> than the gaming yeah. competition, and hopefully there's not too many sour faces come award time because I have been seeing some wicked pictures of some wicked armies um, that people have been sending me. So yeah, I can't Seth can't really answer your question, mate. We sort of covered the gaming earlier, uh, best destruction, uh, probably Matt definitely <laughs> Seth, um, <laughs> say that. And then painting, yeah. As Sean said, there's like a dozen names we could chuck out there. And then there's going to be some low-key dark horse that's going, oh, this is my first event. I'm coming because I'm a hobbyist. And he's just going to blow everyone's dicks off of his amazing hobby. Um, Liam says, most important question, who is your favorite Australian player? He gives us a little winky face emoji. Well, um, you, can, you can go first, mate, because I haven't met any of these Aussies. The, the most I've had is Twitter combos. Yeah, I mean, I've met all of them, and possibly mystery guest number one. <laughs> so, who's my favourite Aussie? I know they're all good guys. Like, I've I've had a drink with Liam and had a yarn to them. He's just so enthusiastic and keen. Um, I've Charles is a good lad because he set up the Tasman Cup out of his own pocket, no issue. So chilled out about it, just happy to see people rolling dice. Uh got lots of time and love for all of them. I. I'm not going to pick one. Maybe I'll pick one after the weekend. As I won't be, excuse me, as I won't be playing, I'll probably just be sad the whole weekend because there's not <laughs> a lot of TOing to go on in these events because AOS sort of runs itself. So maybe the Aussie who buys me the most alcohol to kill my boredom will be um will be my favorite buddy end of it. Uh, so we've got Aiden Nickel. So he's got, so as he addressed oh, it, he's Aiden's got, got a serious shoes on today. Yeah, he does. So, serious question time from Aiden Nickel. So, five years from now, what do you hope to see from this event? Still going. Smashing it. Sure. Have 100 plus players and being the, you know, the event every Kiwi looks forward to every year and gets their plane tickets sorted, gets their accommodation sorted. They're like, hey, finally make one tournament this year. This is the one I want to make. Um, not necessarily for the gaming yeah. or for painting or for the anything, but just for the 
awesome experience that hopefully it brings. Yeah, absolutely. I am um, exactly the same. I want it to still be going. I want everyone to have an awesome time. I want it to get bigger and better each year. I want it to be an event people talk about. And then I want to see all my friends in one place at least one time a year at Notorious uh, where I can catch up and just have a good time. And, and that's really it. You know, I, I got into the game for the gaming. I come back for the people that I meet at the events. It's as simple as that. Did not expect this. Um, question two. What are your plans for keeping people to time? Oh, this is a serious question. Given the nature of the game and the interactions. So Sean sort of spoke briefly before about we do have a plan for that. We'll go over it more in the day on the day or closer to the date at least. That's yep. not for all the listeners. Um but we, we do have a plan in place. We will be roaming the tables, we will be reminding players at intervals about gaming. We will have on the score sheets as part of it how far do your games go and we'll talk to people regularly about how they're finding their armies and how they're sort of what they're doing to cope with time. Simple stuff like when I was for example I played in a tournament recently where uh, we were getting quite stretched for time and one of the players had this little plastic jar and he kept all his dice in there and it must have been like 60, 70 dice in this jar and he would pull it and he had a horde army pull out his dice, roll his dice and then after he rolled his dice, put all his dice back in the jar. So every time he had to roll dice, he had to count out, he had to pull some out of the jar, count them up. And I was just like, look, mate, can you just leave like 20 dice out, please? Like, I'm not trying to be an ass, but you, uh, and it's just simple shit like that. Just putting dice into the jar, pulling them out. Yeah. Takes silly yeah. amount of time. When it exactly. And there's, when it there's two of us, um, working on this event. So the, the sport, uh, the, sports the timing side of things is going to be something i'm doing actively uh, between the start of each round while sean does the scoring and the yeah. organization stuff um it's it, uh, it'll be easy I'm not going to penalize anybody for nothing it's really just to remind everybody that hey we've got two hours 45 to get these games done let's get these games done uh you should be able to do it. There's heaps of time. No worries. And just, I think just coming around table to table and talking to the guys that haven't finished their games, um, seeing what they're doing, maybe something they could do, you know, like getting a dice out your jar, have, you know, be thinking about it that, that you haven't finished your last few games. So maybe have, a, have the active mindset to finish this game. Um, might make all the difference. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it's a flop. It's 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 something that I think we should try because it's pretty easy, and um, yeah, I'm I'm quite interested to see how it goes. If you want to know more about it, Aiden, um, give me the yell next week, and I'll I'll show you my rundown. Yeah, and if we can make it easier for you guys at all, um, we're happy to help out. You know, if, if someone wants me to run and get them a drink from the bar. Give me the money, I can go be your bar wench, it's fine by me, or place a food order or whatever, uh, just so you have more time at the table, especially if it's going close. A lot of games don't have time issues, but it would be naive to say that there is, like, every game goes to 100% yeah, of the exactly. every time. Um, and the last question from Aiden, less serious. If you had to take Aiden Nickel on a date to any one place, where would it be? 
um, collectively, both you can both really nice really idea. Nice Hut train station uh, toilets. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's horrible. Um, I would take, and I don't even know if I'm going to pronounce this correctly. I'm probably not. I'm going to take Aiden to Trier, Germany. And the reason for that is because Aiden's biggest influence, Karl Marx, was born there. So I know Aiden's a massive Karl Marx fan, so I would take him to the birthplace oh, of man. Lord and Savior. You're going deep with us. Um, and then we got... Well, I know that's going to get a... It's going to raise an <laughs> eyebrow from him, and he's going to get a message about it. So, yeah. Um, and then Sam AOS, uh, Sam Morgan, uh, do you think a book outside the new hotness Daughters of Cain or, or Legends of Nagash can win? Are they too far ahead of the rest of the pack? Totally. Um, totally book. Uh, an older book can totally smash it. I think there's... Doc, Legends of Gash, all Skaven, all those big ones on top at the moment, they can all fall. There's um, there's nothing stopping you winning with an older army or a mixed army. Some of them are a little bit hamstrung by bits and pieces, but if you get the right matchup and or you play it well, I reckon you can smash it with an older army. Yeah, man. So I'm just trying to remember the last few events we've had here and what oh. armies have won them. And New, Ze New Zealand's sort of like Australia where the UK metadata isn't overly relevant. Um, I mean, you want a, a fucking Archeon list. Every week with an Archeon list. Yeah. I know Ben down in Christchurch wins a lot with a Seraphon. Um, I don't know if that's still the case, but he's the most popular player that I know from Christchurch. I know he's been some Auckland Hamilton tournaments recently. I don't know who's won them. Uh, obviously you won Masters with your daughters, yep. but that was Masters. Uh, Notorious was won by Lee with his Silver Nerf. Um, what do we have? Matt Britton won with four Zombie Dragons at Call to Arms. <laughs> you know, so uh, we had a we had a teams event recently as well where it was, yep. was it Zinch and Skaven. Free battle, free battle, free time, battle yeah. time, Skaven. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if someone really wants to win the event. I would say they might bring a Doc or a Legion's army and they, in the hands of a good player, they will probably have all the advantages to win the event. Um, however, when the field gets towards sort of 50 players, um, almost anything can happen. So yeah, I don't, I don't know yet. I don't know what armies people have taken. It's two and a bit months out. I don't know what people are taking just yet. Shit, we might, other than Blades of Corn, we might even have another battle time. Wouldn't surprise me if we got one sort of late April, early May. Um, we're probably due for a new edition pretty, well, not edition, but. Yeah, well, Stormcast are due for another well. book, aren't they? Um, hopefully after Notorious. <laughs> yeah, I've been told a new chamber's coming out, so, like, come on. Where my book at? Where's book five? <laughs> um, and then Sam also says, also is Sean, so he's referring to Tubbs there, not myself. Sean, I only play Blister Skin and Hagnar Tubbs. Ever going to challenge himself and play something oh, suboptimal or fun? Um, now, Smorgan, I've actually been writing a mixed chaos list, which um, is all about the pride of myths and red. And um, 
it's it's very fluff related. It's it's quite it's quite intense. I'll give you give me a message if you want to hear my um my long long amounts of fluff I've got written for that. I could um as I am the liberator <laughs> of Zandri, given that I am one and zero against Sam, um I can give you some give you some tips, bro, <laughs> about how to write that list and how to how to liberate the the poor suppressed people of Zandri from their mean overlord of of the Smorgan. Um, and that's and that's it. I think we've we've gone through all our questions. We've tried to sell our souls for more people to come to the event. Hopefully, people found this educational and fun. Or if you have any questions, get in touch with us. We can go from there. Uh, is there any? I, I think we'll wrap it up. Yeah, as man. We're pretty much done with the topic. Anything else oh, you wanted to, to add, it out, in, Sean? Sweet. Um, I don't know when we'll be back with another show. We've got an event next yeah, yeah, weekend. Yeah. Is that right? Yep, Pinecon, twelve fifty. Don't know if we'll cover it off. Maybe we'll just talk about. Uh, maybe we will have a quick chat about it. Talk about our lists, where where our minds are at for what we're playing. Um, I'm trying out more things with Stormcast, bit of a, a hammer unit, and then just a bunch of range. Um, I am tilting to maybe try shitloads of range because I don't do combat as good as a lot of these other armies and I can't fight a, a fucking dragon terrorgeist um, and so on and so forth. Sean Cornbook coming out soon. Oh man, don't you know it. tickling your fancy? Don't you know it. Even if I don't play it at yeah. 20s because I kind of want to play yeah. Feck this year. Uh, it's what I'll be playing in pretty much every casual game ever. Yeah, I mean you've started to play I mean as I said you took it to that charity event the other week the fuck around bullshit list and, and you did well enough to win it, but I think that's more player skill than list power. Um, and to be fair to Sean, I'll vouch for him when I first met Sean ages ago. <laughs> years ago. When I had more hair. <laughs> uh, yeah. After the first. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was half as beautiful. Um, you were running corn. So, you know, and, and that's, that's what you ran up until daughters came out and you're like, yeah, fucking boy. daughters is corn of titties. You know, so, so all up in that shit. Um, but yeah, maybe we'll have a quick recap of, of Pinecon and sort of what we think the game's like at 12.15 in our list. I'm a bit more interested to try to get some more critical analysts out of this show as opposed to just, we went to an event and we did this yeah. and that's what we yeah. think about it. I don't even know what I'm playing for Pinecon. I, I think, I think I'm all over the show. No, well, we're going to a 30th one. Yeah. Saturday, aren't we? And then list, and then list the Jews 6 p.m. Sunday. So I think I'll probably rise from the dead at about 5.30 on Sunday and put some shit together <laughs> and hope it's all painted and then go back and order yeah. some BK and go back to sleep, eh? So, yeah, anyway, that's enough rambling from me. Um, anyway, thanks, listeners. Hope you enjoyed the show. Get in touch if you have. If you haven't, get in touch I don't know give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's my soapbox anyway later bro cheers lads thanks for coming on Sean good chatting bro I'm from the east side of America where we choose pride of a character and we can pick sides but this is us this is us this is I live on the west side of America where they spin lies into fairy dust and we can pick sides but this is us this is us this is don't believe the narcissism when everyone projects and expects you to listen to them make no mistake i live in a prison 
that I build myself, it is my religion And they say that I am the sick boy Easy to say when you don't take the risk, boy Welcome to the narcissism That we're united under our indifference side of America, when we are sensitized by hysteria, and we can pick sides, but this is us, this is us, this is, I live on the west side of America, where they spin lies into fairy dust, and we can pick sides, but this is us, this is us, this is. Yourself for my life's work. Kill any likes in my 